As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I'm, of course, Nick Bobberner, along with Brendan Quinn, here on October 5th, brought to you by DirecTV Stream. As always, get your TV together with the best of live TV and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Brendan, it is fall season. Football's here, and all sorts of things are happening. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, fall is the... Uh, so the delayed the, the, reaction. The pre- no energy here. I've been up since, like, 5.30. Um, Why? What's going on? I had to get up to do uh, to finish writing my uh, the the Big Ten media poll thing that I do each year. Oh. Me and Adam Jar- or Adam Jardy oh, and I. Oh, that's right. So yeah, that's I, you know, I had to write out my things and submit them. Mm-hmm. That's that's going live tomorrow at nine a.m. So of course, too, yeah. as I as I tend to do. Yesterday, I meant to write this thing up, right? And it's kind of a monster compiling all this shit and, and I was going to say that's thoughts. a lot. Yeah. Um, so what I tend to do. Uh, yeah, wait till last it, second. Wait till last second, and then when I get to the last second, I clean and rearrange wait, my entire wait a little longer my entire <laughs> living arrangement. So I like I I, I moved the couch. I moved my I was desk. Say, I noticed that your background's re- different. Yeah, I, re- I rearranged everything, <laughs> cleaned everything, cleaned the floor, cleaned the rugs, wiped everything down, and then I had an appropriate workspace at about nine o'clock at night, and I said, "Well, now I'm tired. I got to go to bed." <laughs> So I went to bed, and I got up at about 5 o'clock in the morning. I knocked that baby out between 5 and 9 a.m., and now here we are. Well, this is just <laughs> quite the, the the trip inside the mind of I don't even know yeah, what it's the, a, what It's a dark on, world in there. Yeah. It's a dark world. So now I'm in that healthy balance of very little sleep, about three-quarters of a pot of coffee, yeah, right. Just buzzing, but just, then also ready to collapse. So just, just jittery. You're gonna go to bed tonight at five p.m. You know, have one of those naps where you That's wake right. up. You don't know if it's a.m. Right. or p.m. Uh, and then but, Big uh, Ten yeah. Media Day li- later this week. Days. That is this week. We have extended about- to two days. We're trying to catch up with football. There, big. Oh boy. my God! What are we doing? <laughs> Why? 
What? I don't know. Uh, uh, is uh, Kevin Warren going to be at uh, Big Ten Media Days? Uh, let me text him and ask. I don't. Somebody going to ask him? If he's at Big Ten Media Days, can somebody ask him about the Fox, the big noon Fox uh, broadcast? Oh, you are not a fan. To... No, I am not a fan. I am not a fan of a lot of it. I'm not a fan of the pregame. I'm not a fan of Clay Travis being on there. I mean, you've, you, you've been called the it, Trey Clavis that's... of Washtenaw County. <laughs> Trey Clavis. <laughs> But anyway, so big, big weekend football, of course. Michigan goes five and zero. Michigan State to five and zero. Wait, uh, I have something off the. I got something off the top. Oh yeah, okay. Well, before we get into it, Brandon, so the the other night, I was uh, in bed, couldn't sleep. Right, I go down the mm-hmm. wormhole. I'm looking at a uh, at at podcasts to fall asleep to. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I see our our pod in the feed. I see Dylan and I. Our pod mm-hmm. in the feed. So I say, yeah, I haven't checked the reviews in a minute. Let's check out the reviews, right? Dylan and yeah. I, pretty much glowing. Right. I, I look glowing at I, I, I look at ours. Uh, there's a couple, you know, not so great ones up top. What? Okay. Yeah. I th- you know, a couple people who, you know. it's What it's, are they saying? It's too one-sided. Oh, yeah, It's yeah, this. I'm an asshole. Yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> Someone says we swear too much. So, you know. Oh, uh, well. I <laughs> what can I say? I have no argument there. Um, but point is, at the same time, I'm told by our leader. Yeah, we're, we're told a couple different things here. Our, our leader, Mike Zimmerman, that our numbers are are ticking up. We are we have been surging <laughs> of late. We're surging. And into record territory because Brandon is turning into a shock jock. <laughs> Apparently is what's happening here for so, the comments. So we need we need to find a happy medium here between our numbers going up and our comments. So anyone who is listening uh, who would be so kind to go leave a fresh review or rating yeah. in the iTunes Yeah, store, good ratings. Yes. Yeah, no. If you, if, if, listen, if you yeah. have anything bad to say, you can piss right off. We, have no, we don't have time for it. <laughs> But uh, no, we're if, not if, here for that. Folks. If, if th- those of you who are, who do enjoy this podcast, in all seriousness, if it would be uh, too much trouble to get a review out of you, maybe we'll read a Absolutely. couple on the air. How about that? Yeah, we'll read a couple on the air uh, if you'd be so kind. And uh, yeah, that's it. There's my uh, PSA for the day. There you go. Sounds on to, good. On to the podcast. On to the podcast. We've got some questions. Uh, later in the show, including a bunch on uh, Urban Meyer, which I know you oh. want to get into. Which I know you want to get into that topic. <laughs> I, I'm ready to spend the whole hour on, on herbs. <laughs> so, but we do have football to discuss before that. Michigan goes to five and zero. Michigan State to five and zero. Um, a weird game for Michigan State that I think we all knew would be a weird game, but whatever, it was a win. It is yeah. what it is. Western's a di- uh, kind of an odd team to play. Um, and we talk about that in a second, but I want to start with Michigan because that really was the one like we talked about last week and we've talked about several times and Wisconsin isn't uh, Wisconsin necessarily. Uh, they're not. And we, your source, I think was I somewhat accurate, somewhat right. I would say pretty I think solid, not, pretty solid I think reporter your source. I think your source <laughs> was being uh, less critical on the coaching staff than he or she needs to be because Graham Mertz is, Far too talented to be collapsed mm-hmm. to the prospect what we've seen. But this is not typically, you know, Wisconsin typically offensive line is better than that. The defensive front I still think is pretty good. But point being, we talked about this. We said this is the game where we find out if Michigan has a, 
offensive front that can keep it in any fight, no matter what, which I think they proved they could do that. I don't think this is Alabama's line or something crazy to a point of dominating every opponent, but I don't think there's going to be a fight Michigan gets into this year that it can't win or at least, you know, acquit itself well in up front. I think you can sort of put the checkbox next to that next to that now. And then the second question is your quarterback. And yeah. I think the answer we got is really weird <laughs> and unique, but it's not a it's not necessarily uh, a bad one. I I think that McNamara did some things in this game that really show you why Michigan wants to keep him on the field a lot, escaping sacks, not turning the ball over, keeping the offense moving, not stalling. You know, keeping things kind of going, even if it's not perfect. And then McCarthy, every time he throws the ball, it's perfect. So, yeah. like, you have to find ways to get this guy in the game. It's an interesting balance, but I'm sort of here to see. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where they go with it because I think that it's possible that you could maybe strike something that works here, but it's also kind of a delicate one. Wait, right? I mean, are you implying, like, some kind of platoon situation? No, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I don't know if it would be because, a platoon situation, no. a hot hand situation. Something where you're open to everything. I don't know what it would be. I don't know if any of that would be the case. But I'm just saying that if both guys continue at this rate and McCarthy continues to improve and get better, then you have to find ways to play him. And if that means that he goes into a game and he's dealing and he doesn't come out, then that's what you do. And you deal with whatever happens after that, after that. But, you know, there are things that McNamara is doing that aren't going to show up a lot to the naked eye that... I don't know if McCarthy is going to give you the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean it's that balance of talent versus you know who's who's leading you. Who got? Yeah. Like, I think this team clearly responds to McNamara. Oh, big, yeah, yeah, right. They they, 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 yeah. they play for him. They play with him. Um, but when you get into these big time games, right, where it's going to be, what's the talent gap? And you yeah, know, you got to make throw. Because here's the thing. I mean, McNamara. Some of his missed passes are just bad. Horrible. I mean, they're yeah. bad misses. Um, there was that throw to, I think, Donovan Edwards, like midway through the, the first quarter. Like, uh, you, got, you got to have that play, right? And then it was followed by, I think, a, a false start. And then it was third and 14. And you're like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. You know, if they had made that one play, this thing's. Yeah. And that was, it was still a close game at that point. So, you know, I feel like with the way the defense is playing and the confidence that they seem to have in the defense. You yeah. can you can ride the the McNamara thing until it's a forced hand situation. I, that's what yeah right yeah. like when the amount of times they went for it right when they went for those fourth downs on the first half to me mm-hmm. that said as much about the defense as it did about the offense. Well, yeah, I think that they were trusting a couple different things: the defense to be in the game, and of course Wisconsin not being able to move the ball at all. Right, right. right. Your offensive line being able to handle itself, and then just being confident in the guys having answers, I think. But that's – yeah, and I think that's also, too, though, and I said earlier, like, McNamara's missing horribly, but it's – that's probably the wrong word because it's – he's not missing everything because there's some throws that he does make that are Mm -hmm. pretty high – he's, like, hitting the high degree of difficulty ones and he's missing the intermediate ones. But, yeah, no, I do think – you said something earlier that I – that – you can ride it like this until you have to, until you have to make the change, right? Like I think you said something like that. Like yeah, you can you can go with this situation until you have to change it. I think what you want to do here, if you can help it, is like not get yourself into a situation where you're like, we have to make a change now. 
right? Like, we're up against it. We're screwed. We're, we've let this thing go too long. I think you have to sort of find a way to incorporate this and almost be prepared for it before it even happens. Like, but you have to be... In a and perfect that's be world, biggest, yeah. But you're right, also dealing with 19, 20-year-old psyches. It's going to be the biggest test is how is Harbaugh right. going to handle that part? And Because that's the, we've talked about that a thousand times. So to Brandon's point, like, usually these decisions are too late. He makes them too late. He right. goes, he's a, he's a whatever. I go back to, okay, look, remember this? You remember this. When Alabama's playing Georgia in the national championship game four or five years ago, and Jalen Hurts and Tua are on the team. Yes. And now I'm not saying that Michigan has Jalen Hurts or Tua on this football team, okay? So let's not. They do not. <laughs> or that this is a national championship situation. <laughs> but what you had is you had an older quarterback who you loved, who was playing his ass off and leading the team and making really good decisions, but he was struggling with vertical throws. He was struggling to make throws over the top. Georgia knew it. They came down. They clogged the middle. They took all the stuff that he can do away. So they go to halftime, and Saban says, to hell with this. Put Tua in. He can make throws over the top. He comes in, throws over the top. They win the national title. It's like this ballsy call that everyone looked at. But, like, those are the type of situations in important games that I think that you're sort of hitting on. It's like, are you going to be able – are you going to have the whatever you want to call it, the the balls in the moment? To say, we need to go over the top, get J.J. in the game. I don't care where we are. I don't care if we're in Columbus right now. Go do it. And it's the second quarter and it's 0-0. Like, are you going to be able to do that? Hmm. And, you know, that's the question, right? Because I think that's kind of what this feels like. I don't know if this feels like J.J. McCarthy is surging forward to steal K. McNamara's job right now and never give it back in the moment. I just feel like this could be a situation, and maybe that's what it'll be, but I feel like it could also be something where if you pick your spots right, you know, like he can come in and help your offense and change the flow of the game or like put the game away for you. And then you just ease. I don't know how right. you want to do it, but like that's a lot of things could happen there. It's interesting. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I think it's a great point that, you know, there is, there, there could potentially be functionality to these two could be. coexisting in some way. I, Odds I, are probably I not. Tradition, <laughs> traditionalist, right? I, I mean, it's yeah, one right. or the other. And if yeah. you if you pull one, you break the other, right? Or, or whatever it may be. Well, sure. You know sure. what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, I mean, having the, having that kind of bullet in the, yeah, in the I mean, chamber it's like a, is obviously it's like a closer or something, you know, in baseball. Or no. I don't know, but like, but you said it too just now. Like, if you pull the one, you break him. I don't know if right. that's the case here with McNamara. I think I don't know. And, and my, why, my, other, yeah. my other question that maybe you could speak to is, you know, what is 
is McNamara make decisions at the line of scrimmage, right? Like like yeah. pre-snap decisions that that maybe McCarthy just isn't yes. ready. And if, I, if if the yeah. if the call if the play call is three or five step drop, throw it forty yards downfield. <laughs> He can do that all right. day, yeah. but if you're asking right. him to do certain things on the fly in a major Big Ten game late in the third quarter, exactly. a little bit of a different situation. Like that's 100. That, that what it I is. can't yeah. speak to. That I don't. I don't know. So I, I would ask you to speak on on that. I think that that's a great way to look at it because I think that if you're running like, you know, what coaches will call like four minute offense, right? Which is like right. that, which is sort of hurry up but sort of not, and you're trying to build a drive and you're trying to manage a game and you're trying to, you know, keep yourself in a good spot. Like those are the things where sometimes you're, you're sending out two or three plays, you know, for at the line of scrimmage for one thing. And the quarterback has to work with the sideline to get you out of, it's not like the NFL where it's like the quarterback's on the field, making this decision in the moment and he has to help. Like you see the look with me stuff, but yeah, McNamara is responsible right up there with Vistardis and helping set protections, get them in and out of the right calls a lot of times, I would say probably most times, Michigan is going to the line with a run and a pass at the same, you know, and mm-hmm. it's the quarterback with the sideline. So there's a lot of that. And if you're running just four-minute offense and you're and you're relying on him to keep you in the right stuff, you know, that's you're going to want the experience there. And I don't know that J.J. McCarthy is at McNamara's level there yet. We would have no way of knowing that because we're not at practice. And we don't right. see the, the tape. I would guess not based on everything they've said. And look, like, I don't know Jim Harbaugh to be a liar with how he talks about where quarterbacks are at and where they're not. Like, mm-hmm. when he's talked about younger guys and thinking they're ready, you know, it's more about his decision, I guess, in the moment of what we've seen on the field. I don't know what happens in practice. You know, I, I don't know what, what goes on in there, but all we can say is what we see out there. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it looks like it could be something that works, but it also looks like if if you're going to force feed this into something weird, it could also be something weird that doesn't work. So like, nope. you have to pick your spots and you have to be careful here. Ain't I mean, ain't broke, don't fix it. Does kind yeah, of right. apply. I mean, this right. It's not only the fact that they're winning. I I think it's the way that they're playing and the the, the lack of mistakes. Right, like there is a level of like cohesive, clean oh, yeah, football. Being played where it's like, are you just going to mess with it for the sake of messing with it or, or to raise your potential ceiling? Like, I get that stuff, but like, this is also in a pretty good place. So, oh, yeah, um, for sure. I you mean, know, there's a lot of things to like. Uh, you know, I, I thought one of the, one of the like kind of low key best moments of that game was, uh, there was, there was that pile up for, I think, uh, a botched punt in the second quarter, whatever, like a oh, loose yeah. ball situation, mm-hmm. and it was all white jerseys on the bottom. Yeah. of that yep. pot, you know, like that, like they're playing the that team. way. You know, yep. It's it's good energy. There's nothing pressing to make you have to do anything right now. You're at Nebraska this week. You're versus Northwestern next week, mm-hmm. and then you know Michigan State, Indiana. Obviously, things get get very real. But I don't know, man. Look at like, this, this. Is this just making an issue? Just to- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that they're in a good place. This team reminds me of, and you you'll appreciate this because you were covering the team then. They remind me of the Harbaugh's first team, um, the 2015 mm-hmm. team, and they remind me of uh, Brady Hoke's first team, the 2011 team. In that, this group has been through some fires together, right? They've been through some bullshit, and mm-hmm. like you know, 
some of it some of it through their own making right like losses on the field all these things some of it not you know stuff that it has nothing to do with them fans complaining all this crap everything else and look it they were a young team last year they brought everybody back for the most part the guys that left left the guys that stayed it was made a point that you're here they're following really strong leadership and guys like Hutchinson and Josh Ross and some of these guys that set a tone early in the year and I think it's a senior-led team or a veteran-led team with a coaching staff that has taken the time to understand them as people and players. And when you have that, buddy, you can play above your talent. And, right. like, that's what – I think Michigan State has some of that too. I think both these teams right now – that's what – I get people telling me a lot. They're like, Michigan and Michigan State are very similar right now, right? They like they get me, they keep giving me the Spider-Man gif, right? Like with mm-hmm. the Spider-Man pointing mm-hmm. at each other. Like mm-hmm. they're the same team. They have the same problems and the same positives. And I do see a lot of similarities in how they're together. I think both sides have staffs that are in tune with their roster in a really cool level that I don't remember seeing here that in my time. I mean, Hoke had a little bit of it and D'Antonio and Narduzzi had a little bit of it too. Sure. Um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, I think that it's been and – it, and it's resulted in – yeah, it's resulted in teams that aren't loaded – with talent. I mean, they're good, but they're not like, oh my God, look how talented Michigan and Michigan State are with dripping with draft picks. But it's resulted in teams that are pretty good playing really good. And, you know, that's cool to see. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that, uh, that first hardball team you bring up got like, the job done it, for the most part I mean, with, with a guy like Wilton Spate as opposed to you know uh, I'm sure there were in that beginning of that year I don't remember exactly but I'm sure in the well, beginning that was of that Rudolph. year the second year was Wilton but yeah right same thing oh alright that's fair um, but even at the time like you know I'm sure there were plenty of fans calling for hey the, oh, yeah. the, the, the younger sexier quarterback whatever oh Rudolph me, yeah me, oh my god meanwhile they're <laughs> right. just you know they but, were they were winning games on the on the on the ground with with, with Davion Smith and yeah, you know, they, they certainly have probably more receiver talent than than this group. And does I would with, I would also injuries, say this. I, w- I would also say this with the note on McCarthy here. Um, you're not in a situation where you have to feel like you have to play him just because he wants to. He might want to. I don't. I shouldn't say it like that. Just because he might have the option of transferring or something, uh-huh. right? Like people said that last week. Like they got to play him because he could transfer. And I understand that there's there are players in college football in situations across the country that yeah, you probably do have to play a kid before he's ready. Uh, in some cases, because you're afraid maybe he would have the option of leaving. But this is, you have to play J.J. McCarthy because he is good and too good to be sitting on that bench. Yeah. And he can do things for you in the game that will help you win it. Like, that's what this is. This is not, I don't think, force-feeding. Like, you remember when they played uh, a couple years ago and they kept trying to force Milton in the game? Like, yeah. just like what are you doing? Stop doing that. Like, he's not even really ready to help you yet. Stop doing this. That is not this. McCarthy mm-hmm. can do a lot for you here. So I think this is a different situation. It's not something where you're trying to just make a kid feel like he's part of the team. And I don't know that that's what they were doing there. Maybe they thought Joe could help him with the run game. It didn't prove itself that way. But like, if you find your spots better, I think that this could work in some in, to some degree. But it's going to be yeah a challenge, like you said. So on Michigan State, um, I don't know how much there is to recap on that. Western Kentucky win. I mean, well, it was obviously like these explosive plays in the first half that they're able to make in games that they should win, I think is a like, that's a yeah. good sign of a good team, right? It's like in basketball, right? Yes. The good team, you play someone who's overmatched, 
you go on the 15-0 run in the first half, and you, yes. you take you take care of shit, right? Um, you that's, take care of shit. Yes, right. that, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's kind I of mean, my that's what feel it is. on that game. I, I'm far more interested in your thoughts on you know at Rutgers at Indiana, but why don't you touch on West? Well, I think that the thing to note with with Mich- uh, with uh, with this one is that you you took care of shit is exactly what it is. But it, I mean, to get more nuance to it, Western <laughs> Kentucky is a we- no, is a weird. Not interested in that. No, that's what it is. But Western <laughs> Kentucky is a weird matchup because yeah. and I said that earlier, like. They took advantage of the transfer portal, too, in a different way, in that they brought a quarterback in from Houston Baptist and his entire offense. They brought, like, two or three receivers with him, his coordinator, his quarterback's coach, I think, too, or some shit. They brought, like, an entire really good small school um, pass attack over, brought it in. So this is, like, a legit pass offense that goes up and down. If they're going to... If they can throw it 75 times in a game, they're going to do it, right? So you, I knew they were going to score and score and score and keep sort of like bothering Michigan State to a point where they were going to make them keep playing and keep scoring. And they did. And Michigan State finishes the game where they need to, and it is what it is. So like that, to me, I thought showed signs of growth in a different area that it's not necessarily changing speeds, but you were able to sort of play a game against a team that's going to make you play not the style you want to play, not the style that you're used to playing, or not the style that you're maybe comfortable with. They're going to make you play a different way whether you like it or not, and you still beat them, and you still sort of beat them at their own game. To your point, you're like a basketball team sort of in a game like that. Maybe you're kind of, it's a weird, it's not kind of a clash of styles, and you're trying to figure it out, but like at Mm -hmm. some point you just grind through it, and you just grind them out, and you put them to bed. And that's what this game was. And I think that that's an important step for a team that is still on that sort of path of like, you're you're a good football team. You're playing really well, but you have to know that if any, like if they if they took the third quarter off, they were gonna have a problem in in the Western Kentucky game. That's what I was right. interested in. Like, are they gonna sleepwalk through the second half, and is this gonna be a thing at like eleven o'clock at night where we're like, uh, <laughs> this is possible a possible mess? And it wasn't. So like that to me says that mentally again they're in a good place. And now you enter this. Uh, you know, a game against Rutgers, the the battle for the Chop and Wood Trophy, as we talked about on Chop and Wood, <laughs> the Chop <Man>. and Wood Trophy. <laughs> but this is, you know, it's an interesting matchup. Again, I don't think it's a it's one you can sleep through um, if you're Michigan State at all, and I don't think they will. Somebody brought this up to Tucker two weeks ago, like I think it was, um, and he said it a couple different times, and he's gotten mad a couple times. So the first time was like, "What do you tell your team?" After this three and zero start, and he goes, "Well, I tell them uh, how does three and nine sound," and they didn't like that, so whatever. And then somebody asked him again something along those same lines, and he got hot about it after like the fourth game, and he was like, "I don't understand in any rational world why anyone on this football team would think that we're like better than we are." He's like, "That would make no sense in any planet. Like it makes no sense, right?" And you're like sitting there thinking, like, "Yeah, no, that makes that would make no sense," but. Yeah. You still, you know, you guard against it. I I don't see it, though. I don't see Michigan State having that problem. I mean, they've been a pretty consistent team that doesn't, like Michigan, that, you know, they're not falling in love with their their own stuff. They're self-critical when they need to be. Um, you know, they make rotations, too. They're changing guys. They're taking guys in and out, and you don't see pouting or fit throwing. Um, a lot to like right now about both sides, where they're at. And, I, you know, if we can get both of them to 7-0, man... <laughs> <laughs> for that for that yes. Halloween game, that'd be pretty fun, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. When I look at Michigan State right now, and it's back back to back road Big Ten games, 
Yeah, nothing. that's tough, man. That is that's tough, mm-hmm. and you're you're waiting for. I think almost with both of them, you're kind of waiting. You're kind of waiting for that sobering performance, and I think part you of are. it is yeah. part of it is the recent years of watching uh, you know a lot of football from both of these teams. Um, but you're also right in the sense that. There is kind of a different juju, I think, to, to both that's of them. That's kind of, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's a hard I thing don't to know. quantify, but. Yeah, like, I don't know if you're going to get the full game dud from, yeah. you know, you might get, you might get the three-quarter half dud that results in a loss, right? But I don't right. know if you're going to get the full, like, that was just a trash-ass effort all the way around, and that sucked. I don't know if, like, I don't, I think these two teams have enough in there in the place that you need to have it, you know what I'm talking about, to get through choppy waters in a game. Like, that. that's what I have noticed for Michigan and Michigan State. They are not panicking. They're not freaking out. They're not, you know, losing their minds. They've got tough kids on both sides who are listening to their coaches. And I, and I, you can't say it any better than that, I don't think, right now. That's the cleanest I can cut it because – and it's a testament to Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh because I think that if you go through football today – and we're going to get questions here in a minute about a coach in the NFL who's having some problems. Like, it's hard to keep everybody together in the same boat at the same time. There's a lot going on. And I think that both these guys right now are in good spots. They've made good hires. They've got good people around them. And, you know, neither of them are going to pat themselves on the back. But I think they're both doing, doing a hell of a job. When, when each team loses... When what's each gonna, team loses, <laughs> what's going to be, what's going to be the second paragraph of that story? The 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 why? Um, that's a good question. Uh, Michigan State's why I think will be that it ran into a team where it, you you know, like you're you you're just coming up short in talent. Like you know what I mean? Like I think it's going to be you're going to run into a game where everything's right there, but you just don't quite have enough everywhere where you need it. And I think Michigan's going to be the same thing. I think it's going to be the same thing for – I don't know who – but I guess that's different, right? Because it could be either side. Let's let's say if it's Michigan or Michigan State undefeated and it's who wins that game. Um, and maybe that could be the result. Maybe Michigan out-talents Michigan State in a couple spots. Sure. And that's the end result. And then Michigan, maybe it's something where – um, we discover that Michigan State's talent on defense possibly is a lot better than uh, people realize, which is, which I think is, I'm growing uh, around that because I mean I I watched every snap back two weeks ago again on um, defensively for Michigan State and Xavier Henderson and Jacob Slade are outstanding, outstanding one-on-one football players, and I think Michigan State has enough there to maybe, you know, so I don't know. I think for both teams, it would be a case of you run into maybe like an Ohio state or a Penn state or someone or Michigan state runs into something in Michigan where a guy just beats him and makes a play. But I don't think it's going to be self sabotage. I don't think it's going to be self created issues. You know, I, I I don't see that happening here, but you know, I've been proven wrong before. It's only five games, I guess. So we'll see how it goes. It's been an interesting start. All right. You want to uh, get yeah, into some questions some. there, big man? Yeah. You got them pulled up? I'm, I'm pulling up my uh, browser here. Hang on one uh, second. Yeah, let's, let's see. We've um, got several. We've got several. <laughs> here we go. 
What are the odds, you know, this is a million-dollar question right now. What are the odds MSU and Michigan State enter October 30th undefeated? What are the best chances for a loss before then? I I would say that chances are better that one or hmm. both has a loss Probably, than, yeah. than being undefeated. I, I, I think Michigan State getting through both road games unblemished is 50-50 at best. Probably, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't like, seem. Indiana likely. has to win a goddamn game. It's <laughs> it doesn't seem. All, it doesn't all seem likely. The, all I heard from the IU basketball writers was how good their football team was. Well, that yeah, but you know they've admitted that uh, they haven't spent as They're much time watching football. Building years. statues of Tom Allen all over Bloomington right now, for God's sake. Look, if Michael Penix isn't healthy, then I don't care what happened last year okay. uh, with with uh, feel good times in Bloomington. So, like, they could win. But to your point, like, I don't know if I would call it likely, but I think it's definitely like firmly on the table. Fifty right? fifty, like you say? For, for I think it's a toss up. I think it's a yeah. toss up. I yeah. think it's right there. And Michigan could lose this week to Nebraska, like on the road. I don't rule that out at all. Nebraska got. You know, some juice back by beating the crap out of uh, who was it? Who they beat last week? Northwestern. You know, everyone's you know your team at the beginning of the year that you were so excited about that I told that I told you that I told you was terrible. I feel like this and is overstated. But so okay. Brandon's favorite Chicago's Big Ten team goes to Lincoln and gets the crap kicked out of it at night, and now everyone's excited again. So they're bracing in Lincoln, I think, for like a massive home game here at night. This is going to oh, be like. Maybe. Remember, we talked about this. I think this is going to be like Scott Frost's last stand. This is going to mm. be like, if you play well in this game, we'll put up with the bullshit you're putting us through maybe for a little bit longer. But if you suck here, Frost, like, if you get your ass kicked again, like 56 to 10 or something, again, which Michigan has an offensive line that can beat them up. I don't, I'm not going to say that they, I don't think they'll run them off the field. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think Nebraska could win this game. But I think this is... Weird one, maybe for Michigan here. Then people, I mean, maybe uh, more so than you realize. You, you can put it this way: what would uh, what would your projected score be if Michigan played at Oklahoma? Oh yeah, not great. Not Michigan great. Probably. Well, but, you know, I mean, Nebraska lost their twenty-three sixteen. Right, right, right. So, um, like, I mean, I think Nebraska, Nebraska went to overtime at Michigan they State. They played Michigan State hard. I mean, they've got right. guys up front that can you know get stuff done. Uh, Martinez is a good player. It's the same thing every single year with Nebraska. Like I watch them and I watch their offense and I'm like, my God, they do so many things that are so cool. And they'll put like three or four plays together that are like, wow, that was great. And then they'll like jump off sides, have a face mask and a sideline penalty. And you're like, what the hell just happened here? And it's like uh, 17, nothing, the other team. And you're like, I don't know what happened. They find right. ways to kill themselves over and over again. And like Michigan State didn't even play well in that game. And, you know, like that was kind of the, so I don't know what to make of it, but if Michigan brings the same sort of energy, effort, and consistency to the road sort of atmosphere that they brought to Madison, you know, they'll be fine. Like that's what I would say in this game. Like they're a better football team, but you can't get punked by the atmosphere and the energy and the emotion and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that's the test here is you got to get through that. So I would say he asked for odds. I'd say both are 50-50. Toss-up, yeah. 
You just talked me, talk me into worrying about this Nebraska 51, game. 51-49. <laughs> there you 51, go. But it's, it's right there. I think uh, it's possible for sure. Uh, okay, here we go. I got one basketball one for you here. Uh-oh. Uh, from Carl. Brandon, I've hoarded as much Bingham stock as I could over the past few years. Am I going to cash out or... Am I going to cash out or be very disappointed? So Carl is asking about Mr. Bingham yeah. here for you. You know, I would say there are going to be games where you say, this is it. <laughs> Cha-ching. Nailed it. And then there's going to be a three-game stretch where you're scratching your head. So it'll be uh, maybe a slight improvement on the last... Uh, Full games, though. You'll take last that. Right? few years. But in terms of sustained, like... Mm-hmm. This is a guy you want out there for 23, 25 minutes a game and, and being a, you know, impactful player who Tom is not yo-yoing in and out of the game because of mental errors or whatever it may be. I I wouldn't bet on it, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I, obviously, you know, Bingham's upside has always been what it is. And there's a reason he gets chance after chance after chance, because if it puts comes all together, you know, he's... Mm-hmm. He's a terrific presence at the rim. He can um, give you so much, and his length, and he's got some athleticism, and you know, yeah, you he can just, run. They, they they look better when he is playing well. Yeah. Uh, but man, it's kind of that believe it when you see it type thing, you know. Any any projection of him being, you know, the the sum of his parts, which is what we've all been waiting mm-hmm. for. Any projection is total guesswork. You know, I'm not at every practice to see what he's doing on a daily basis, but um, based on recent history, I don't know why anyone would expect something dramatically different than what the last couple years have shown. If you get him for, like, stretches of games, that would be an improvement. Not just, like, stretches in games. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get, like three or four full good games in a row from him, you'll take that. And then three or four, like, whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean, right? yeah, that's that would it's be It's not going to be ideal, but, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. That would be better than... Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they looked been. at centers in yeah. the transfer portal. Like, they, yeah, they, did, right. they did kick the tires there, and it's because how much can you depend on Bingham to be the guy? So, mm-hmm. you know, if John Harar from Penn State wanted to go to Michigan State, pretty sure they would have taken him, you know? And uh, that's just kind of been the case. It's been this revolving door at the five, you know, since Tillman left. So Now, is it just uh, all mental here? That's all this is at this point? Or is there more to it with him? uh, I mean, you would want him to be physically stronger. You would want him to have to be, to show a little bit more endurance in terms of playing sustained minutes and, you know, if he's going up and down for three or four minutes, you usually have to give him a blow. Um, you know, you yeah. would you would like at this point for him to have his weight stabilized and to be a little bit stronger. And, you know, Izzo for the last three years has come out every preseason been like, well, Marcus Bingham put on 10, 15 pounds of this or that and the other thing. And then eating that home cooking. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, the guy looks a lot like the dude I saw the last time out. So I don't, I guess, but. Where's the scale, Tom? We'll see. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm hoping to go up there and catch practice at some point in the next week or two. Uh, you gonna bring, you gonna the, bring a scale? I was, yeah. 
I was not at the open practice over the weekend, but you know, I want to kind of put eyes on on Bingham and see if it's the same exact looking dude. Right. So, uh, I, again, believe it when I see it. Kind of across the board. Brendan's um, bringing a body you, fat. Uh, you you, you hope some of the mental stuff have finally kind of right worked themselves out and and kind of fallen off the vine. You know, like you know the the ill advised three point shot, the total you know. Sp- Space Cadet stuff and defending a ball screen that right. you know just sends Izzo just you know yeah, reaming just down the sideline and just pointing to whoever is closest to him. Like I don't care who you are, get him the hell out of the game, right? Like we've just seen this for so long. So yeah, um, you know if he can cut that stuff out, just based on his length and the the looks that he can give you and his ability to to finish, um, and his ability to protect the rim and. And, and rebound kind of outside of his space and things like that. Like, he just does stuff that a lot of other guys can't. So yeah. um, if he eliminates those things, maybe that's his path to sustained minutes. But we'll yeah. see. We will see. Here's one from David, the one you've been waiting for. Who had October in the Urban Meyer office pool? Oh, man. <laughs> so we can talk about Urban because we got a lot of questions about, <laughs> about him here on the show. I don't think I need to recap what happened for anyone. Um, if I, if I do, you can find Pat McAfee has a pretty good video out there with H.A. Hawk breaking it down. Um, man alive, buddy. I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Like, this does not look like the Urban Meyer that I, um, first remember seeing when he came to the Big Ten. Like, in, you know, I remember back in 2011 when he was in the booth with ESPN and, for, I mean, for, I would say this first off. I hope that he's not. Uh, I hope he's okay because, like, that doesn't seem. This guy doesn't seem like the Urban Meyer. The Urban Meyer right. I remember would have never admitted this. <laughs> he would have been like, "I didn't know. I don't. You don't know that was me, <laughs> right?" This does not seem like the confident, like, guy that like could just talk his way through anything, and he knew it. This seems like something else. So he looks lost, but uh, none of it very good, and a lot of it, I would say, sort of predictable, to be quite honest, uh, in terms of his. Stay in the NFL. It's not. It's not shocking. And Nick, you know, I'll say, uh, you and I have been to a lot of bars in our lives. One or two. I have. Uh, Yes, one or two. I've never (laughs) seen anyone get attempted to be pulled onto the dance floor. No, no, without wanting to do it. Yeah, you know, unless uh, to me, it looked like he was checking the oil. I don't know. I know that there are man. people out there that are doing Zapruder work on that, and I don't know if you have uh, to do Zapruder work on that. Yikes. Um, that was, but and you, you know, know the, the 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 I, I get what you're saying that you know he's not the same dude who just kind of would get up there and yeah and just talk right through this thing. Like but at the same time, yeah, the balls. Oh yeah, I mean, the balls it takes to just get up there guy. and say unbelievable. You know his rationale for that, like, was just classic urban, wasn't it? Hey man, <laughs> I mean, I guess we all, you know, we live in a world of alternate facts or whatever. What you are you gonna say, do? And you can just say whatever you want, but like, man alive, that was incredible. And you know his little, his head head bobbing oh, down. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> It up, uh, yep. Sorry. Oh, oh, okay. Like Act, acting like he didn't spend the last twenty hours with a PR exec on what to say in every single situation. There. 
I told Trevor to be careful when he went to Vegas. That was the best part. That was incredible. <laughs> what that- are you talking about, Urban? <laughs> I apologize to the team. They were probably like, bro, you're... I'm sure you have bigger problems to deal with. Can we go, like, practice without you being an idiot? Like, what the hell? They gotta get... This gotta stop. They gotta fire him. Like, I mean, there's no... Nothing that has happened since the day they hired him. It's been one thing after another. It's a complete disaster. There has to be something going on with her. (laughs) Deeper than what we're seeing. There just has to be. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm not trying to claim one way or the other, but he does not look like Urban Meyer. It looks like a broken version of Urban Meyer, which, you know, some people are probably finding very entertaining. And I, I understand that there was a certain coach in our area here that said a couple of years ago that controversy seems to follow this gentleman wherever he goes. And he got, <laughs> he got lambooed for it, but I mean, not wrong. Right. So I, maybe he's just run out of, uh, Run out of ways around it. I don't know. He's got to go back to teaching. <laughs> you know? It's where he belongs, in the well, classroom. Well, that's the thing, right? At the end of the day. I, I think that the brazenness and, like, the brass balls, as you, as you say, <laughs> to think that this was going to work in a room with adults is just, like, that's the thing that I'm struggling to get over. Because the Urban Meyer that I remember from back then would not have been that brazen. He yeah. would have known, like... This bullshit is not going to work with adults. Like, you know, I think that that's how, that's always how it seemed to me. That he seemed very self-aware. He seemed very, you know what I mean? Like, he seemed like a guy that, he was a snake and he was this guy that had the slippery and all this stuff. But he, he didn't necessarily apologize for that and he didn't necessarily shy away from that. He kind of owned it and didn't own, he was just so smooth and this is not that. This is like. This is bumbling. A mess of a person. Yeah, 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 and I. Yeah, that's why my first reaction was like, I hope he's okay because, like, honest to God, I was like, this does not look like the person right. that I I remember. Like, he was just, yeah. This is this is not Teflon Urban. This is like every single thing that could go wrong is going wrong. This does not happen, Urban Meyer. Like, that's what I was sort right. of kicking in my head. You know, it's crazy. And I didn't but, see the entirety of the press conference yesterday, but the, the the notion that the big issue here is that he's a distraction to the football team is he also was more just like upset. hilarious. It's just like, yeah. it's like, dude, you coach an <laughs> NFL team. Like, they don't give a they shit. Don't give, right. Right. Like, like, the issue here is, <laughs> is what you're doing. Like, what are you talking about, man? What's like, happening here, man? <laughs> You're in you're in a bar in Columbus, Ohio with a 20-year-old. Like what are you doing, dude? And you're acting like he was more upset that he got caught. He was like, I can't believe I got caught. Like that's <laughs> basically in, what he in, said. In public in a bar where you're the most recognizable it's human his being. Bar. It's <laughs> Urban Meyer's bite house. Like un- his have you seen you've seen the bar. You drive I've never by seen it. I've never there seen the bar. There is a giant sign that says <laughs> Urban Meyer's Pint House outside of it. I only know that because I saw it one time driving down there. I was like, dear God, that's a big sign. Like, Man, he, he got a pint of something. Oh, so, you know, I just, I don't know. It's a fascinating something. I, <laughs> whatever, but not going well. Um, and I honestly and, you know, there the might ja- be the, the Jaguar's some- job... Could be attractive, but we'll see. There might be some out there. It's, you know, it's there's a family, and you know, there's 
there's things at stake here, and I agree, sure. and it's it's a laughing matter to an extent. But the thing is, when you present yourself with yeah, this, this is, moral authority this that this guy for years, does, for years, and with the yeah. history that he has, like piss on that man. No, nope, you know you are so wide open to what is what the what has unfolded since that that video dropped, where it's just like yeah. man. Like, buddy, if you're going to sit here and act like this hasn't been something that's been going on, you know, I just, and all this, yeah, like you said, it's all this bullshit that we hear from, you know, people like, and Urban was the the top, I mean, he was the most, one of the most successful college football coaches in the history of the sport. We're not going to take that away from him. And you can determine why he was that successful based on your own conclusions, because stuff that works in college with kids works in college with kids and stuff that doesn't work in the NFL with adults doesn't work in the NFL with adults. It's a different world. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's the brazenness, I think, sometimes that gets you. And uh, I think that's what we've seen here a little bit. Yeah. A lot bit, I guess. Moving on here. (laughs) I got a question from Luke uh, on the MSU depth chart rotation, specifically at the point guard and power forward positions. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Uh, I've been and continue to be operating under the uh, assumption that you know they're going to go into this thing with with Tyson Walker uh, getting the ball and, and given a chance to prove that he's a uh, a legitimate Big Ten point guard. I, I think you know for Michigan to Michigan State to reach its ceiling, he needs to be a top third of yeah. the Big Ten point guard. Uh, so he's going to need that that chance. Um, I know there's been a lot of chatter about um, A.J. Hogard getting a chance and, and you know, Jay Nakins is a, is a young guy who, you know, a lot of people want to see. But I think you got to go Tyson Walker early and see what he is in live action. And after yeah. five, seven, eight games, if it's, uh-oh, this is a miss, you know, it's too big of a jump, it's whatever, uh, then you can, you can pivot from there. But, you know, considering what was seen last year, Mm-hmm. What was it? Basically, a debacle in the backcourt that kind of just derailed the entire season, and they kind of had to drag themselves across the finish line to reach the NCAA tournament. You got to see what Tyson Walker can can do. Um, with with Aikens, I think you can play him off the ball a little bit, give him some backup minutes as well, um, mm-hmm. but also give him a chance to operate a little bit beside Walker when when you can, because Aikens gonna gonna need to see the floor. Um, I don't know. I think his first month will prove what he warrants from there on, uh, because that that wing off guard spot uh, is a little bit not crowded, but you know there's bodies there and yeah, there's guys right. that that are going to play minutes. Gabe Brown, Max Christie. I think Malik Hall will see some time at the three as well as the four. So uh, you know, Gabe and Max are going to kind of. It's really going to depend on. Um, so matchups and what Max Christie gives you early, I think Max is going to play a lot. I think Gabe is going to play a lot. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, he asked about the four spot. That's mm-hmm. going to be, um, I assume, Hauser starting. If, if Joey Hauser is not starting at the four, then it's it's going to be some kind of head scratching of, of what has gone wrong in that fit. But, you know... I've always kind of operated under the theory that the Hauser that was seen last year had as much to do with his own shortcomings as uh, it did the roster's shortcomings. He's a guy who needs to play with a 
uh, productive point guard who can make reads and play in ball screens and things like that and put him in position both to shoot and to pass. Uh, they didn't have that last year. So, you know, it was to Howard, it was to Hauser's detriment. So, you know, I think you give him kind of a fresh start, let him, let him get back into that four spot, um, as the starter and, and reset things. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you, you pivot. Um, and then at the five, you know, we already talked on Bingham, but Marble Sissoko or his backups, um, you know, I think they're going to play 10, 10 guys early as they tend to, and, we can revisit the conversation first week of December. Now, have you not? You haven't been up there to see them yet. No, no. You're going up this week. You hope uh, next week or next week uh, somewhere the there. Following. Yeah, yeah. Are they doing um, scrimmages? Anybody uh, got any they, secret uh, scrimmages this year? They are playing one open scrimmage against. I want to say Ferris. Uh, and they have I, and okay. I, I, I assume they're having a closed door scrimmage and. If that's been announced or reported who it is, I, I don't remember it offhand. What's Michigan doing? Are they doing anything? Do you know? Yet, I should say. Yeah, they're playing They're playing at uh, Wayne State to open up their their new building oh, in an exhibition. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Oh, sorry. Michigan State's playing two. They're playing Grand Valley and Ferris State. Okay. Are they playing those? Michi- those so, Mi- so Michigan, okay. Michigan is playing at Wayne State in an exhibition, and then I guess... A, right, a scrimmage, yeah, a, a closed door deal. Um, well, that'd be cool. They t- they typically play like a MAC team. Um, so yeah, right. we'll see. Um, but that should be coming up here. That's what I'm saying. Like that's all getting going here. So on oh, our yeah. way with college hoops. Very much so. Practice underway. <laughs> I'm head. I'm heading over to campus from here. We got a few minutes left to squeeze in a couple extra questions. Yeah, let's do one more here, and then we'll get running out of here. This is good yeah. stuff. From Mark, in your opinion, does JJ get the starting job at some point this season? Can Cade McNamara get just that little bit more accurate that would make him a very effective quarterback and keep the job? Well, that's the million-dollar question of the week here, I guess, or uh, the one hanging over Michigan football as it goes forward that, you know, I don't know. And um, I don't think you have to force it, and I think that that's my biggest takeaway on that is that you're not in a situation – where your starter's playing poor. Like, that's what I want to stress. Like, there were people that thought McNamara was playing badly, right? Just mm-hmm. bad. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. He has not been playing poor uh, at all. He's, he's not making any mistakes, really. Uh, he's not turning the ball over. He's not taking sacks. He's, making, he's missing some throws or whatever, but, like, he's not killing you. And so as long as that continues and he's not turning the ball over, you don't have to you know, make a decision or a change there because you might be giving up more. But the question for me should be more about not necessarily is he going to win the job this year, the starting job, make a start, be the guy. It'll be how much more do we see him? You know, like how much mm-hmm. more do we see him in critical moments in the first and second quarter or the third quarter or whatever, you know, with the game on the line? Or does he get a full drive? Or do they do a rotation? Not a rotation, but do they do an on-feel type thing where he's throwing it and they're playing us a certain way, so this is what we're going to do. Like, I think that that, knowing how Jim Harbaugh sort of thinks over the years, that to me is, if I had to guess, that's how it would go. Is he's going to try to tailor something with Gaddis and more that, like, depending on how a team is playing us, this is what we're going to do this week with this guy, and this is what we're going to do this week with that guy. I don't know if that'll work, but that's sort of my guess on how this is going to go in the in, in the interim here, I guess. Right. So, and then Cade, yeah, I, 
if he just keeps doing what he's doing, I think that it's hard to it's hard to get too upset at it. You know, that's that's the takeaway. So that's what I'd say. Yeah, I can't tell if it's a kick the can down the road situation or or not because this is also going to be the thing that you know damn well in January when we're yeah, unpacking well, this, we're going to be it, let it be that then, we're going to be you saying know? you know, man, in yeah. October they should have or they well, could have, or if it goes it. well, it's going to be like damn, they really played that thing yeah. the right way, but. But yeah, they, we can go back on October fifth. Well, I'm riding on this. Remember yeah. that we said it was a tough call because I think you let it sort it out in January. <laughs> like that's what I would say. Like, do what you got to do to get through every game, and if that means you have to take the veteran off the field and finish it with a freshman and deal with whatever happens after that, after that, do it, and then deal with whatever comes later. Do not do the thing where you don't make a decision because you're worried about something that might happen in three weeks in the third quarter of a football game. Make the right. goddamn decision to win the game. Deal with the rest of it afterward. Like that's as long as you're doing that, I think you're going to be okay here. And that's how it's it. The good news is the fans are level-headed, patient, and we'll <laughs> let this thing play out as it may. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening this week. Again, if you'd be so kind to leave a review uh, in iTunes thing, whatever, Absolutely. that'd be, that'd be great. Subscribe. To The Athletic, make sure you are uh, supporting your local restaurants. And when you do, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers.